I'm Chris Turner, and this is Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. Greetings, listeners, and Merry Christmas. That's right. We're going to talk about our favorite time of the year. And I say that with a little bit of sarcasm because as parents, we all know that sometimes Christmas is not so much fun in our favorite time of the year. Why only a little bit of sarcasm? (laughs) I'm being very honest. (laughs) And joining me as always, all right, and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Chris. So, yeah, Christmas can really be a stressful time of year for most of us, especially parents. And even more so for parents with adopted and kids in foster care, because they bring a special host of issues that we have to deal with that parents with non-adopted and foster kids don't necessarily have to deal with, which kind of compounds that Christmas stress. So I thought we could talk about how we could simplify Christmas, maybe help our fellow parents out. Yeah, it's such a easy time of year to just go overboard mm-hmm. we try and pack so much into like the you know few weeks leading up to christmas and even more so you know when kids get out of school you've got like usually about a week right you got or, time, you know, you got time five to fill, days right? yeah so you're trying to pack as many things in as you can but usually people start december 1st they bring out the elves oh <sighs> We don't have elves. I don't like elves. People don't do put elves, them on shelves. We don't put them on shelves. It's not like Dr. Seuss. The, the, the best elf on the shelf thing I ever saw was um, somebody had uh, put the elf in, a, in I think, of water. And so that the next day the kids count, came and opened up the freezer to get something out of the freezer for breakfast. And there was the elf on the shelf and a block of ice. Oh, dear. <laughs> See, I like all the people that started the elf on the shelf and then realized... Oh my goodness, this is too much. <laughs> That's right. And so the next year, what with it? <clears throat> well, so the next year, the the elf wrote a letter saying it, the elf had been given a new assignment, <laughs> and he was so sorry that he wouldn't be back to see him, but he was sure they were being nice, and That's he'd report fantastic. to Santa. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't keep the Seuss thing going for longer. <laughs> at the but I think it's a it's it gets overwhelming and it gets overwhelming fast, especially mm. if we try and keep up all the traditions maybe we had as kids. Mm -hmm. I know Ryan had different traditions that I had and I had different traditions. And when we try and keep up all of those, plus adding in our new traditions as a family, it just got really chaotic Mm -hmm. and there was just so much. And then you add in all the big emotions and big feelings that our kids usually have during this time of year. And it's just, it's just hard. Mm. I, th- I think, you know, you said a word there that really resonated with me, that was traditions. Um, because, you know, our families are non-traditional. Maybe one day in the future, families that have um, bio kiddos, adopted kiddos, foster kiddos, you know, blended that way, uh, will have a more of a traditional feel. But I don't think people think of those as traditional families just quite yet. And I think that I have a minor issue with tradition, if we do it this way because it's always the way we've done it. Because mm-hmm. I think we, we just like get, get that's just such such a fixed mindset. And you can't have a fixed mindset if you're raising kids with trauma histories. Because what if your tradition is a trigger for them? Well, then we just try to keep forcing the tradition down their throat right. year after year. 
and don't and and, the, and they have to adapt and mm. so that's one of the things that that we did in terms of simplifying christmas is really you know with Kayla's parents and my folks is kind of get them gently into this idea that there are just some things that we're just not going to be able to do anymore mm-hmm. um, because of the way our family is built. And, you know, if that bothers you, um, I'm sorry that it does. We're not trying to be disrespectful uh, to you. We're not trying to be disrespectful to the family traditions, but we have to do what's best for the people who live under our roof. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, that was almost verbatim a conversation I had with my dad several years ago. Um, and in the moment, he reacted better um, than I thought he was going to. But there was feedback a few weeks later after mm. the fact once he thought about it. Um, but if we just do something because it's the way we've always done it, um, that's dangerous. I remember reading some somewhere, I forget who, who the author of this quote is, but, but the quote said, We've always done it that way mm-hmm. are the six most expensive words in business. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can be six of the most damaging words in a family if we just are so stuck into the tradition of doing something as opposed to adapting to meet the needs of the people who live in our home. Well, they can be the most expensive words for your family's mm-hmm. sanity. Yep. I mean, Testify. in reality... <laughs> If you try and, and do all of the things that everybody wants you to do, there's a million Christmas parties you're invited to, a million kids' activities you can do, and maybe every year you pick one fun family activity that you do, but you have to make it an activity that your kids can all handle. So if you have kids that don't do well in a big crowd, don't take them to the mall and make them wait in line for two hours to sit in Santa's lap. Mm-hmm. You know, figure out a different way to get that experience. Don't torture your kids and make them sit in Santa's lap when they're screaming and yelling. I know <laughs> it makes for a really cute picture. Um, does, a lot, does it really? Well, does you know, it's <laughs> funny when you look back on them, right? And right. people think, oh, that's so funny. But when I kind of look at them, I'm like, oh, why do we torture kids like that? <laughs> right. Why do we make them sit on Santa's lap? Because we think it's cute, you know? And so... I just think that there's some traditions that, I mean, if our kids are terrified of Santa, Mm. then don't go places where there are big giant Santas walking around, you know? Let let me give an example, though, that that happens in our family every year. Um, I cannot tell you um, how many times in the last 10 years, 11 years now that we've been parents, we've maybe once maybe once, maybe twice, in that span, loaded everybody up in the car to drive around to look at Christmas lights. Because the payoff for everybody is just not there. Mm. Because think about the fire drill of, because usually get your shoes on, we need to go. It's, it's stressful and lengthy enough. Get your shoes on, find your jacket, Find your gloves. Do you know how difficult it is finding 16 gloves, Christopher, in this house? <laughs> find your beanie. Find your scarf. And it, by the time... Um, I, I know your car has a heater, though, right? Yeah, okay. But okay, it takes a while for it to heat up, you know? <laughs> and so, um, 
you know, and just the fire drill of doing all of that and the hour it takes to get everybody because, you know, you'll change the baby's diaper because mm. they're wet and by the time everybody has their gloves and hats on, the, the baby's poop, you've got to take them out of like the onesie polar suit and it's just, <laughs> and, and by the time we get in the car, like, I'm like, my hands are shaking and, and it's not because I'm cold, it's because I'm like, I don't know how much more stress I can absorb before I explode and so, well, because and then- it doesn't turn out to be a fun experience for our family, we tend to not do it mm. well and then you're driving around and everybody's like i can't see your head's in my way what is it i missed it why didn't i see it what is it go back you know i mean it just it turns into this crazy it's it was just not fun for us yeah. i mean we've done one one christmas light experience that i think we really liked and it was just one of those big huge ones it was like at the texas motor speedway and mm. and you could drive through and ever there was something for everybody to see all around and right. so it was really it was enjoyable, you know, but our kids were a little bit older and I think yeah, it was like a tunnel of Christmas it. lights. You drove yeah, around. it was mm. like a tunnel. And so there was stuff everywhere, but, but there's some of those traditions that are just really hard for our kids and they just don't turn out the way we, we you know, we, we picture this like Norman Rockwell, like fantastic. We're all going to sip hot cocoa mm. in our jammies while reading a Christmas story by firelight. And mm, like we do. <laughs> and it just doesn't turn out that way. It's, I wanted to sit there, and why can't I sit by her? And you're in my way, and why can't I see? And I Will can't see that me? picture, and don't touch me. <laughs> yes, all of those things, and it just turns into, just go to bed. Just, I feel I'm like Kayla was tired. describing how breakfast went this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, if those things become stressful, and we continue pushing and trying to do them, hmm. maybe we need to find something different to do. Maybe we need to simplify things. And I think there's so many ways we can simplify Christmas and all the Christmas traditions and still make it a nice holiday. Hmm. Well, to your point, though, I was just thinking about, uh, I was speaking to somebody today at work. And, um, you know, over the last few years, you know, as we learn more about the human brain and the impacts of your childhood on, on a person, when you start thinking in terms of well, how, how is that real for me as well? Because it's, you know everybody's on a healing journey, right? It's not just the kids, right. the adults as well. Um, but you know, Kayla and I spoke about this maybe three or four years ago that I'm not really great at Christmas either. Um, she may have not been exactly that gentle, <laughs> but for purposes of this illustration. But she was right though, uh, and part of that is thinking back now. There were a lot of traditions on my dad's side of the family that were must-dos. Mm. Every Christmas was like an exact, it was like Groundhog Day, 365 days in advance. Every, you know, it wasn't like sequential days. It was once every 365 days, the exact same thing happened. Mm. And I think there was just a lot of stress around that that I didn't quite understand. So when we get a Christmas, I'm like, um, I'll help get the ornaments out of the attic and, you know, this year Tyler put the tree up. And I wasn't involved in putting the tree up at all. And I don't feel like I'm being cheated. And I'm like, I help the kids get the ornaments out the box. And we only put kids' ornaments on the tree this year. We used to do multiple trees in the house. Now we just did one tree in the living room with kids' ornaments. Everything else is in the box. So that was part of us continuing simplification of of the holiday. But I find like I don't have like, oh, we're sipping hot cocoa listening to christmas in diverse city while we're putting ornaments on the tree that doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies it more sort of gives me the 
oh, this is sort of painful. <laughs> How much longer is this going to go? But, but, I, yeah. but part of why that is for me is because there was so much in terms of family tradition that was like rammed down my throat as a child in Christmas that, that while I do have a lot of, you know, sitting in grandma's lap, waking up at grandma's house, playing with our toys, you know, obviously, you know, coming from South Africa, we'd sometimes go to the beach on Christmas Day. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the Santa Claus in the mall has like a, a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> so trunks and, and flip-flops. And board on, shorts, yeah. And a hat. Uh, so, there are, I mean, there are those guys uh, out there that do that. And, and I think, really think that part of why even the reduced version of Christmas traditions we do now, I kind of have like, I feel this response in my body to them mm. is because I think that there was just so much Christmas that had to happen in my childhood. And I think that we, one of the reasons we really need to tap the brakes on, on being super busy at the hall, you know, during this time of the year is then that we're creating that, that adult in my children today. Right. And then they in turn aren't going to just like love Christmas the way my kids love Christmas. Sometimes I feel like, Man, I wish I loved Christmas as much as I, my kids do. Mm. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's, it's a conflicted time of the year for me. Yeah. I think um, I had this picture of what Christmas would be like when I had kids mm-hmm. in my mind, right? I, f- I thought we would sip hot chocolate while decorating the Christmas tree. I thought we would send out adorable little Christmas cards every year. And I thought we would, you know, do the little advent devotional every day for 25 <laughs> days yes i had all these um, i had all these images in my head right of what it would look like and god bless you if you could pull all that off I, yes for sure i mean i there are some people that can and but it was just not reality for our family mm. and i we just got to the point where i was getting frustrated because it wasn't looking like what I wanted it to look like. Yeah, the expectations. Were My expectations yeah. were not where they should be. And I was then sad because things hadn't gone the way I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm able to scale back, now, do I love reading Christmas stories with the kids? I absolutely do. Do we read one every day? No. I haven't even been here for bedtime like three nights in a row, right? And so we used to we would try and do those little devotions and we would read a Christmas story every night. And then, but we had to be all there together Mm. to do it. Well, I mean, we haven't all been home any night this week yet. Um, And we're on Thursday already. Right. Mm. And so I think that I had just had to let go of some of those unrealistic expectations and say, you know what, I'm going to take it where I can. We're going to decorate cookies when we can. If everybody's not there, it's okay. We're going to read this story. If everyone's not there, it's okay. You know, we can do these different things and we can have these experiences, but it doesn't all have to fit in this perfect little well, yeah. cookie cutter. Saying, <laughs> yeah, I mean. yeah. So let me give, an, give an example of what, what you're talking about, because, you know, over the years we've done the, the Advent readings and the candles and had the Advent candle display and we've done the Advent calendar with it. And every night there's a little devotional reading. You put the, the specific ornament on the special adventure. We've done all of those things over the years. Uh, we've done neither of those things this year. Uh, and here's why. Um, last weekend was a doozy at our house. Um, we discovered a water leak in the, um, in the um, laundry room, which shares a common wall with our dining room. So uh, on Sunday... Instead of lighting Advent candles, we uh, ripped drywall out and ripped <laughs> the dining room floor up. And um, that's what we needed to do because real life happens to people. And if we still try to 
you know, cram Advent readings in there, while I fully endorse and support Advent readings and think they're great things, I'm not sure I would have been in the most, um, had the most sort of reverent posture about myself mm -hmm. while we were leading our family in that because of the reality of, well, I guess we're getting a new floor for Christmas in the dining room with a headset in, right? So, um, so I think that sometimes it's not just that the anxiety that we create in our children, but it's also we end up being bad examples of our children because if we try to force those spe specifically, not family traditions, but specifically religious traditions, mm. like the Advent uh, candles and, and the 25 days of Christmas Advent calendar thing, if we try to just go, oh, no, we have to do that no matter what. And it doesn't matter if we're mad, if we're stressed, if we're screaming. I think we're teaching, setting a really bad example for our children on top of raising their stress levels, right? right? Because then they become adults who think that, that living a life of worship is, is not what you should do. What you need to do is you have to have a checklist mm -hmm. and you make God happy by, by checking things off your, off your list instead of really having this like posture of reverence and praise and really this expectantness of, oh my gosh, we're celebrating the pivotal event of human history here. We're celebrating the thing that changed where I will spend eternity you know, I think we have to be very careful, not just trying to force the traditions in the family, but also trying to really force the, Christ, the, 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 the church traditions in. Mm. You know, we have to just put that in kind of like our rhythm this December has been different. And yes. we've had to adapt a lot of our traditions just to sort of the family rhythm. Right? Our oldest son um, broke, his, broke a bone in his wrist uh, in a soccer game last Saturday. Well, that's... Well, that wasn't what we were hoping to do on Saturday, and Kayla certainly wasn't hoping to spend hours at the orthopedist, and she certainly wasn't hoping to, on the way to the orthopedist to have a problem with one of the hoses in the in in the heating system on a car and have a car overheat on the side of the road and have to call an Uber to take her to the doctor's appointment. That was none of that was planned, but the reality is, is that's how Monday went at our house, mm. and so a lot of other stuff gets backed up, and then to try to force Christmas traditions into an already stressful day in our home would just have been wrong of us. Mm. And I don't think we understood that. I don't think we understood that five years ago. We might not have understood that three years ago, but I feel like we have a better understanding of that now. Yeah. Well, and even um, one thing that we've had to simplify too is just schoolwork. So I homeschool and it's just been hard. And, you know, one of my kiddos in particular has had a pretty rough, you know, entrance into the Christmas season this year and has just really struggled emotionally to kind of um, just level out, I guess, and be at a place where this kiddo can can just be in the same room with siblings and not get mad about everything and not have meltdowns and not freak out. And so then to try and do schoolwork in the midst of that. So that's one of the beautiful things about um, homeschooling is that I can say, you know what? we're going to back off on some stuff mm. and we're not going to try and do as much because I need to simplify things. You know, uh, chores haven't gotten done as well around here lately because there's just so much going on with Christmas and so much in the month of December is just abnormal. And then to add all those things Ryan said that have been happening just in the last few days, we just have to simplify where we can. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's not just the Christmas traditions, but it's also just in life in general and just kind of stepping back and saying, you know what, 
it's okay if everything doesn't get done the way we want it to. We can step back a little bit and just enjoy our kids, mm-hmm. um, especially when they're having some struggles emotionally during this time. And you've got to cut yourself some slack in that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. you got yeah. to forgive yourself yeah. ahead of time that, yeah, this thing that I might be wanting to do, we're just not going to do. It's and not going to happen. It's, it's going to be okay this year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think the biggest thing for me was you got to learn to say no. Yeah. To a lot of stuff so you can say yes to a few things. Right. And when you can do that, the things that you say yes to are going to mean a lot more later on. Yeah. They become the really fun things your kids remember. Right. Versus the hectic season of, well, we did this and we did this and we did this and we went here and we did this. It's just those little things that mm-hmm. they remember. Yeah. I mean, it is the relational things that they remember. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't remember... Any of the Christmas gifts I got at the Christmas, um, Christmases we spent with my grandmother as little children. But I do remember how her house smelled. Mm-hmm. I can tell you um, some of the dishes she would have had on her table. I can tell you, um, have memories of sitting and playing board games with her around her dining room table after we took a bath for the night. Um I, I can remember a lot of those things, but I don't remember any of the stuff. Mm-hmm. All, I remember all the relational right, things. Right, they all formed around relationships. And yeah, and so those are the memories that I have is of the relational things we did. I can remember when, you know, uncles were there or Christmases when uncles weren't there. I can remember after my grandfather died and we shifted Christmas from their house to our house when it was just my grandmother. Mm. I don't remember what I got that Christmas, but I remember how weird Christmas felt doing it at our house and not at grandma's Mm -hmm. house. So, yeah, I mean, to Kayla's point, it's the relational things that end up mattering and, and, but we tra- we chase bigger, better, faster, more, Mm. right? We've spoken about this before that we, we, we display our calendars as badges of honor because we're like, oh my gosh, look how busy I am. I must be important. Mm. And everybody wants to feel important. I get that. But we're sacrificing relationship uh, for stuff and for, th- for things and activities where, you know, one of my favorite things, and we spoke about this on a recent episode, one of my favorite things to do now is to play cards with the kids. Mm-hmm. I love playing cards with the kids. That doesn't involve me buying anything than a deck of cards that you can buy for a buck at the store. Right. It didn't cost anything, really. But hopefully one day my children will sit around with their children and say, you know, I just remember loving sitting playing cards with my mom and dad mm-hmm. and think of us fondly. Um, I hope they will. Right. <laughs> hope they will. <laughs> <laughs> I know for us, like, you know, I, my childhood Christmas time was spent at one grandparents' or another grandparents'. And depending on when Christmas fell, uh, sometimes over the course of you know four or five days at both grandparents' houses. Now you know one of my grand one of my grandparents' houses they were they were local to us. They were they lived nine miles away, yeah. and we saw them all the time. But the other one was a four hour drive, and so when uh, a few years ago, Kelly and I just said to my parents and to her dad, we're not going anywhere anymore for the holidays. You guys are always welcome to come to our house. And that's just the not traveling thing for us has been a huge game changer in, in stress level. Yeah. So there's another suggestion. If you want to simplify Christmas, just you got to put your foot down sometimes and say, you know what? We're not going anywhere. 
Yeah, but that's that's hard. It is hard. It was very hard. I mean, it's very hard because even as as an adult in our, um, you know, in my late thirties, when I had that conversation with my dad, and and I'm I'm a pretty straightforward guy. I don't I, I don't necessarily like having difficult conversations, but I realize if we have to have a difficult conversation, we have to have it, right? right? But even that with my dad, I'm like, I got to tell my dad something that he doesn't want to hear, mm-hmm. and. And knowing him, he's a pretty explosive, emotional guy. He's gotten kind of mellowed over the years, but he's just kind of a really emotional response kind of guy. And um, and I'm like, I remember um, before I walked into the room where he and my uncle were standing and talking, I like took a deep breath and told myself I could do it and then walked in because it's it's part of it because you know it's going to be a difficult conversation. Part of it, you know, it's going to be disappointing to them to mm-hmm. hear. But, but that's the, the great thing about difficult conversations because parents who are folks who are parenting kids with, with trauma histories, there are a lot of difficult conversations that have to be ha- had in that house. Yeah. So let's have the difficult conversations. And I know it's difficult for people, adults, to talk to their parents about this stuff. But at the end, it's a really clear boundary that I think ultimately helps relationship because I think when we drew these boundaries with our parents, um, I think that they have um, responded better over the years than I thought they would. And I think mm-hmm. you know, Kayla's nodding yeah. uh, with that for that too, because what I think it did is that it established a healthy boundary mm-hmm. that they then respected. Yeah. You know, we saw that this year with my parents in that they told us we'll come for either Thanksgiving or Christmas, but we're not coming for both. And we're like, okay. So it kind of gave, you know, say that boundary kind of gave them the freedom too. Mm, that's good. To, to make the decision on their travel to come see us. And so I think it's worked out well, you know, well for all of us that way. Yeah. I think another way we, um, we have simplified Christmas is in gift giving. Mm-hmm. I think um, it can get overwhelming and there can be so many gifts and there can be just, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And so I don't know how many years ago, four or five years ago, we, said we were going to go to four gifts for our kids so they get something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. Mm -hmm. And so they all know that. And so they will say, I think for my want, I would like, and they'll give us one thing they really want. Mm -hmm. Um, And we always try and have the wear and the need something a little more fun, right? So if they need a new pair of shoes, then we might get them a little cooler pair than we might have bought at Walmart, you know, for 15 bucks. And there's something that, and there's something to read can actually be something that they want too. So you you, you kind of get two wants out of it. You just kind of know that one of your wants is going to be a book. Exactly. Or, I mean, it could be different things. Read can, can cover like, you know, our kids really like comic books. Mm. They're really into comic books. Most of them. And so those would be graphic novels. Oh yes, graphic novels. I forget. <laughs> Ask for comic books at the library, and they're like, "You mean graphic novels?" I'm like, "Yes." Yes, yes. Like, those since she ones. knew what I meant, yeah. <laughs> could have saved the sass and just said yes. Yes. So, three of our kids got graphic novels last year for Christmas, and they just thought that was awesome because that's all they check out at the library. They want to check those out. I, I mean, I make them check out chapter books too, yeah. and some of them like them, but. They really like graphic novels, and so that can be their read. And it wouldn't be something I normally we just go to the library and we check out books. I don't buy a lot of books, um, and so that really simplified things for us for Christmas because we could make a list of want, need, wear, read mm-hmm. for each kid, 
and that was it. And then a few little stocking stuffers, and we're done with Christmas, right? right? We're done with the shopping part of that. And so it was really helped us to kind of not go overboard because you can really get into that. Um, well, I bought this kid this and it's really cool. And I, this kid's gift isn't quite as cool. Mm -hmm. So I should probably get them something a little bit more than that. So, I mean, it kind of, um, helped us to just simplify it and just make it more, less about presence and more about together time. Right. Um, and, one of the things that Santa always brings our kids is a uh, family gift, mm. right? So Santa doesn't bring big gifts for the kids. Mm. Santa brings a family gift. Sometimes it's a game night. Sometimes it's a trip. Um, last year we did, or two years ago, I think we did um, the 12 days of Christmas. And for the 12 days after Christmas, the kids got to, it was, we did little, um, puzzles or scavenger hunts for them to find what the gift was Mm. but each month of the year there was a gift so for the whole year they had gifts so like one month we went to a movie as a family one month we went ice skating as a family one month we went to disney as a family to disney yeah that was an already planned (laughs) trip so it was an easy one that for that month right but we had different um things for each month of the year, which for one, it spreads out the cost of a gift like that over the entire year because we didn't have to buy all of that in advance. Two, it was a family activity. It was an experience and not just a A thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because something we can do together. Like I remember the first year we did this, we, um, the gift was a trip over spring break to San Antonio to go to SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. So that's when we kind of because like Kayla said, there, there's a relational component to that mm-hmm. in that we're doing something together because we're big proponents of experiencing things together. Like if you give me a choice between a gift, a, an object, or going to New York City for the weekend, I'll pick New York City every time. Mm-hmm. Unless the object is like spectacular, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, like, you know, new car. New York City, the car is going to win, obviously. <laughs> right. But if it's your typical Christmas like gift thing that you might give... So, because we're we're really big believers of like experiencing life together, because yeah. the kids learn more when we're doing things, right? Um, and they get to have, create those memories, other than this thing, this electronic thing that all my kids want now. <laughs> yes. Right. So we're really big believers, but there's a practical side because for a lot of us that have big families, we kind of got to figure out how we get the most bang for our buck. Right. And one of the ways to do that is to defer the, the family gift three and 90 days out. So yeah, that's our, that's our tip for creating relationship while simplifying the cost. Of there you go. Yes. Bonus tip. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I always thought of at Christmas time was that you should bake homemade things for all of your neighbors. I just thought that was something that when I had a house that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, and now <laughs> I tried that, but most of the time I wait so long or it happens just like days before Christmas and we go running over to each neighbor's house and nobody's home Yeah, because we've waited so long. They're all out of town or they're all with family or, or whatever. With two children, they were able to get everybody in the car to go look at Christmas. <laughs> That's, <life>. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so... The 2.3 children, two three, excuse me. Yeah. So I... I got, I had to get past that idea that we were always going to give gifts to the, to the, um, neighbors. neighbors. And then one thing I did to simplify 
gift giving for teachers. Oh my mm. goodness. Starbucks gift cards. It's so, well, it's, <laughs> we, we have a special needs daughter that's in school and she has her teacher. She has two aides. Mm. She has a bus driver and two aides on the bus. Mm. She has her OT, her PT, her speech therapist, her music therapist, and she gets adaptive PE. So she has 11 people at school that I would have to buy gifts for. Mm. And I just simply can't afford to buy gifts for all those people. Even a $5 gift card for each one of them, it mm. just adds up. Right. Because we have our other kids are in co-op, and so they each have a teacher as well. And so and that's five more gifts. So I'm looking at like almost 20 gifts just for teachers. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I started doing a few years ago when she started going to school was I took a gift bag and I filled it with little um, hand sanitizers and lip balms and little like one or two dollar gifts. And then I would make a batch of cookies and individually wrap the cookies. Mm. And I put it all in the gift bag and made sure I had at least like 20 things in there. And I just put a note and said, thank you for taking care of our daughter. Um, These are gifts for all the people who take care of her. And Mm -hmm. I would hand it to the bus driver in the morning. And they and I would say, please take something out of this bag that you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And they get to pick something out of the bag that they would like, and then idea. pass it along to all the other people who take care of her. And then it doesn't come home to me. They just give it to the front office people or to the principal or whoever is there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost me an arm and a leg. It cost me about twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. I remember the first year you did this thing. I thought to myself, well, this is a really brilliant idea mm-hmm. because. Um, it also saves time as well because you have to hunt everybody right. down. Yeah. And everybody, and it's kind of unique because I end up in the morning, I'll, you know, we'll get Addie ready together and then I'll walk her out of the bus. And so I get to hand the gift bag to the bus people <laughs> and they all just think it's like really, really clever too. So because it's unique, it's like pick your own gift out of a bag <laughs> instead of here was this thing we got for you. So that you may or may not like. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind exactly. of a fun idea. Yeah, and it would work well for like middle school and high school kids who have a bunch of teachers because mm-hmm. they transfer, you know, they change classes all the time. Right. And by the time the kids get to middle school and high school, a lot of times parents just go, I, pick your favorite teacher. <laughs> you can give one gift to your favorite teacher, right? And, and high so, school kids are like, none of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I See, think... In our household, we've some like Christmas by just not doing that anymore. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's, and that's another... That's good too, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think... Having been a classroom teacher for 11 years, I can tell you that there was not one year that I went, well, I got a gift from all these other kids, but I don't know why Johnny didn't give Mm -hmm. me a gift, right? Because we just appreciate the thoughtfulness. And a lot of times I would take, you know, just when my kids were in a private school, I would just take a Sonic drink to them random times throughout the year. Mm. Because at Christmas time, sometimes the budget was tight and buying a gift for the teachers just wasn't in it. And so that's that's how I came up with that idea of giving the gift for everybody that loves on our daughter because mm. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that I was thinking about them, but it was a really simple, I could literally just go to the store and pick up some things that I thought, everybody likes those cute little hand sanitizers to go in your purse mm. and lip balms and, you know, I think I did Rice Krispie Treats or something one year and just individually wrapped You made them. homemade marshmallows one year. 
Oh yeah, Ooh. that's not simplifying Christmas. Though, <laughs> those took a long time. Then I don't do that anymore. Kayla recommends no homemade no. marshmallows. Uh, homemade well, hot. if you want, uh, if you want deliciousness in yeah. your mouth, yeah, they were homemade delicious. marshmallows. Homemade hot chocolate, however, is pretty easy, and yeah. you put it in little individual snack bags, and it's a pretty simple one that you can do that as well. So, I think just finding what you can do. Mm-hmm. And not trying to do too much. Right. And so not being trying... Being okay with what you can't do. Yeah, yeah, being okay with, you know what, I can't I can't get all the teachers a gift this year. Mm. I'm going to send them a Christmas card, or I'm just going to send them an email and say, hey, Merry Christmas, thanks for taking care of my kid, yeah. right? I mean, whatever you can do, do it, but don't overburden yourself, and not just the Christmas traditions, but... In life in general during this time of year because it's yeah. hard. It's a hard time of year. Well, guys, thanks so much for talking about this. I know it's on the minds of a lot of parents out there. So yes. thank you for being on the podcast this evening. Of course. Lovely to be with you as always. If you have a question for us and uh, you can stick it into 280 characters, feel free to tweet it to us at Tapestry IBC. You're always welcome to email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. Or you can find us on Facebook and post on our Facebook group. That's also Tapestry IBC. Speaking of Facebook, we have a Facebook group just for podcast listeners. You can search for Tapestries Empowered to Connect Podcast Community, and you can ask to be added. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from our episodes, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for any links from this episode and find more resources on our website, empoweredtoconnect.org. Thanks for listening. 